When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast, hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you. It's not me. It's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture. And we will. Let's begin with now. Hi there, welcome to episode 309 of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, your host and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. No matter where you are on that food peace journey, it is January. We know it is International Dining Month. Welcome. I hope you can have a seat and just take in all of what comes in to your ears during this episode. I want to start out by sharing with you a little bit of information about my green couch. If you've listened to this show for a while, you're going to know what I'm talking about, but maybe you don't know the whole story behind the green couch, but the green couch is behind me as I'm recording right now in my home office. My home office is in this like detached kind of like shed garage thing that I put together during COVID and I have been working at home ever since. But before COVID, since, nah, let's see, 1999, I was a dietitian, but at that point I was working in a hospital. But ever since 2005, actually January of 2005, I have been working one-on-one with clients. I did that until 2020. That was really like all I did all day long was see clients one-on-one. And when I was first opening my office. Again, this was January of 2005. So probably in December of 2004, I went shopping for a couch. I needed a couch because I had just left my job at an outpatient clinic at a hospital. It was a necessary next step because I had really come to appreciate that not only did diets not work and a total waste of time and total, just a gimmick, but they were harming people. 
and not just harming in a, in a like mediocre way, but provoking harm that was leading to more disease and eating disorders. I knew in every cell in my body that I couldn't be a part of that anymore. And I was, I thought maybe I would start my own business and start a private practice at some point. But, you know, I was in my mid to late twenties at this point. So I didn't think it was going to be then. This was way before, by the way, any social media. So it wasn't typical for folks to start doing private practice until they were really well established. And I'd only been a dietitian for about five years. So I had this job working in an outpatient clinic and I loved helping people with eating disorders. And I was also helping people with diabetes because I was a diabetes educator. But part of my required position always also included helping people to start some pretty severe diets. And um, I couldn't do it anymore. So I quit. Was not prepared, but I was like, oh shit, um, how am I going to get a paycheck now? So I remember needing to find a couch <laughs> and uh, because I didn't have one. Um, and I looked and looked and looked. And then I I happen to live in North Carolina. So I don't know if you know this about North Carolina, especially the area of North Carolina I live in, but it's been the home of a lot of like furniture manufacturing for a long time. So we have a lot of like discount furniture places still. And I found this one store going out of business. And so I walk in and there's this really, I don't know, I thought it was chic, modern, um, couch and it was this very vibrant green color. And when I was trying to figure out how to set up my practice, I remember learning that the color green was something that was healing and led to growth. And so I was like, oh, that's the couch. And I found that it was on like super clearance. So I bought it. And I also like splurged to have it like treated with something. So then if anything got spilled on it, that I would be able to clean it up. And, you know, it's been what, 17 years and a lot has been spilled on it. And it also has been broken a few times trying to wedge it through a doorway, <laughs> so, but it's still holding on barely in my office. <laughs> but the thing about this couch that means so much is there were 15 years from 2005 to 2020, 15 years of folks sharing with me, oh, such a privilege. It makes me kind of feel my voice feel shaky because I just feel so honored to have been a witness to this. But 15 years of folks sharing with me how their complicated relationship with food was impacting their life. And as I am sharing this green couch story, I want to tell you why I'm sharing this is if you're a new listener, welcome. I'm glad you found me. If you're not a new listener and you've listened for a long time, holy shit, what a ride. Thanks for sticking with me. But as you listen to this episode and any episode, just know that it's the things I say in an episode have the same kind of like feeling and vibration and meaning to me as when I was talking to folks and listening to folks on this green couch. Now, of course, I'm a dietitian, but I'm not your individual dietitian. 
this podcast is just for educational and informational purposes only. So, you know, it's, it's not meant to be therapeutic like it was when I was working with folks one-on-one, but I hope you can picture yourself sitting on the green couch and listening and also sharing, especially if you do write a letter to food. And I hope you can feel the connection that we have as I'm going through today's episode and the episodes moving forward. Because that's how I think about them. That's what I'm feeling as I'm talking into this little microphone alone in my (laughs) um, detached garage office. But I really feel a warm connection because that green couch is behind me. And I can kind of see it as I am talking into the microphone and can see the, like I have my video camera on too as I'm recording. So I hope you feel that connection too. And I know I need to get to today's episode. So what you need to know about today's episode is this is an episode where I'm sharing a letter from a listener, just like you. And this is a a solo episode with just me. So it's just me and the green couch and you hanging out. This letter writer has, like many of you, a complicated relationship with food that goes back decades. This person actually shared with us that um, they are 65 years old and have really done a lot of work on their relationship with food and now are wanting to help their body image. So what we're going to do next is have a quick sponsor break. But then after that, you'll get to hear this episode's letter and I'm going to just sift all through it. So we'll be back in just a moment. This episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast is brought to you by PCOS Power, my group coaching program just for those of you living with PCOS who have a complicated relationship with food. I am so excited for our next cohort. Our next cohort is going to begin January 17th. If you're listening to this episode right when it's dropped, that's like next week. And I am so excited to help those of you with PCOS to permanently transform the way you live with your PCOS and get the power over your life the way you've always wanted to and move away from the fatigue, the frustration, the shame, and the guilt. This group coaching program is something that my PCOS power team and I are just thrilled to bring to you that we have figured out this really wonderful kind of uh, sauce. I don't know, like a secret sauce, although it's not really secret, but this this kind of recipe where we deliver 12 weeks of group content and you can partake in this group program in any way that feels right to you. You know, you may be someone who wants to just DIY it, or you may want to be in community, or you may want one-on-one Um, time with me. You can choose any of these levels, but no matter what level you choose, it gives you information to help you to, again, permanently transform the way you live with PCOS now and every season of life afterwards. So if you are interested in getting details, you can get to it at julieduffydillon.com slash power. Just for Find Your Food Voice listeners, you get 20% off using the coupon code podcast. So what that means is basically when you sign up, there'll be a spot where you can enter a coupon code. Just enter the coupon code podcast. That's it. 
and you get 20% off. So I'm so excited to be able to share that with you. Again, go to julieduffydillon.com slash power. If January is not the right time for you to join PCOS Power, no, we'll be enrolling again our next cohort because we do this in groups um, because we have found it helps more folks to be able to connect with the material and be able to like hang out with other people going through the same thing. Anyway, we have our next group um, forming in April. So if January is not the right time, no sweat. April will be the next cohort. So go to julieduffydillon.com slash power and don't forget the coupon code podcast at checkout. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Dear food, it feels silly writing a letter to you. I would absolutely freak out if you could talk back to me, especially after the many ways I've mistreated you over the years. Let me preface this by saying, you know, I have polycystic ovary syndrome or PCOS. It has played a big part in my relationship with you. From my symptoms, I knew for a long time that I had PCOS before I could actually get diagnosed with it. I can't tell you how many doctors I went to that said I'm too, quote, thin to have PCOS. I finally found a doctor that did a series of blood tests, and what do you know? I have PCOS. 
That was 20 plus years ago. And I pray that today's doctors have a better understanding of it. I'm currently working so hard to accept you as you are food. You're a fuel for my activities and something to be enjoyed with friends and family. My mantra lately has become, quote, it's just food, unquote. I've struggled with binge eating, but that seems to be getting better as I work through my journey with you. Actually, food, I think we have a pretty good relationship now with the occasional spat. Thank you for all you've done for me over the years. My problems stem more with body image. I grew up in a family that was hypercritical of bodies, both within the family and outside the family. It's deeply ingrained in me to judge myself and others. Ugh, how do I stop this behavior? I'm trying. I really am. It's just so difficult to accept my body as it is today. I'm turning 65 this year. So I've lived a long time with my mom, sisters, friends, social media, and other media telling me I should be a certain size and body type. Is there going to be an age that I finally think I am who I am and I don't need to impress anyone? I mean, really, if I've made it to this age, shouldn't I finally be allowed to feel at home in my own body? What can I do to get these judgmental voices out of my head? Signed, judgy, and hating it. Hey there, letter writer. It's so nice to get a note from you. And I have written on my post-it notes I'm holding here five different things that I'm going to lay out for you. And, you know, as I go through these five things, you may find them to be helpful. You may find them to be totally like not in any way helpful. So as you listen to them, I encourage you to decide which you would like to take with you to use now, which you may, you want to just maybe put in your pocket for another time in which you just want to leave behind. So, Your letter, I got to look back at it for a second. You signed it, judgy and hating it. And I appreciate that when you were talking your letter about the judgment, you talked about how you were trained, like many of us, that you were trained to judge bodies, others, and your own harshly and how tough that is. And, you know, most of these um, points that I'm going to go through next are really highlighting that piece of your question. But the first thing I want to say, judging, judgy and hating it as you signed, is you didn't mention your judgment. And stay with me on this one because it can get kind of confusing. But you didn't mention your experience noticing yourself judging others. This is where it can get confusing. Are you judging yourself for judging others? And for you, the listener, whether you're the letter writer or not, I have a feeling you know what I mean, especially if you have been sifting through either eating disorder recovery or diet culture recovery for some time now, and you've read the books, you've gone to therapy, you've listened to the podcasts. So you kind of know right from wrong, 
and really there's some, there needs to be some bunny ears around right from wrong. Like there's some principles or rules that we've gathered that we really need to be doing if we want to be working against diet culture and promoting body liberation for everyone. Well, we shouldn't be judging bodies. And when we notice that we are, for most of us, it can feel real uncomfortable. Noticing that we, and I am intentionally saying we for a reason, you know, I'm a part of this culture too. We are also a part of the problem, you know, and that can feel so uncomfortable. That's why there was a heavy pause there is because (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's uncomfortable to note that I also am a part of the problem too. We all are. We all have been trained to judge bodies in a way that doesn't align with our values. And for you, letter writer, I can appreciate that. Yeah, you value body diversity. You've been working really hard on that. You want it for yourself and you want it for everyone else. And and for you, the listener, you may or may not be on the same page with that. That's okay. You know, this may be the first podcast you've ever listened to that's talking about rejecting diet culture. So welcome. We are so glad that you're at the table. We will make room for you. And I hope that we can help you with things that we have noticed along the way to help pass them along to you, to be the next person to go against the grain. (laughs) So anyway, like I was saying, it is very uncomfortable and we can be judging ourselves hardly. Hardly? No, we can judge ourselves um, in a way that can be impactful and really keep us stuck. And for you, letter writer, I have a feeling this is a big part of this stuckness that you're feeling is really needing to turn up the dial of self-compassion to release that shame because you did not give informed consent when you were learning about bodies and how we're supposed to judge bodies. None of us were really told how impactful that was going to be to our community and to ourselves. And I think the shame piece, what I know I do for myself whenever I notice that shame is to acknowledge that, hey, this shame is for all of us to carry together, not for us as individuals to hold on to. And it's important for me to acknowledge how the rewiring in our brain and in my brain, how it is impacting people in my community that I love dearly and impacting just everyone and to connect with body liberation and how I am choosing to do it differently. And I hope for you, it does what it does for me, which is kind of like when you are trying to blow up a balloon and then you just let it go and it just goes around the room. It lets out all that pressure because that shame is not for you to hold by yourself, letter writer. We're going to hold it together. And as we are holding it together, we together also are wanting to change things. And that's what the next four things that I have written down on my blue post-it note here, that's what I want to go through next. So moving from the internal shame that we were just acknowledging, part of the food peace journey that I've written a lot about um, on my blog, if you go to julieduffydillon.com slash 
blog, you'll see where things I've written some things about this. And, you know, I'm someone who has been an anti-diet dietitian for over 20 years. I've used many different tools like intuitive eating, uh, mindful eating, lots of different types of non-diet tools that I've learned. And the food peace journey is one that I've written about that kind of takes all of them together and the parts that I like and discarding the parts I don't like. <laughs> so um, that you'll find that there. And in particular, I have a section in the food peace journey that's all about rewiring. So I'm going to also put in the show notes a link to the six keys to food peace. So if you go to julieduffydillon.com slash the number six keys to food peace, you'll see a little paragraph for each one. And the first one is respect, then release, and then repair. And then it's rewire. So this letter writer, if you listener are like, wow, I don't relate to all these things. Like I relate to the struggle, but also not that food is fuel and it's a connection. It may just be that you're in a different part of your food peace journey. You may be in the first kind of layers of respect and release. So I encourage you to read through those. But rewire is an important one. This is where I find most people, when they're at this place of rewiring, that's where like books like Intuitive Eating can be really helpful. This is kind of the the beat before, oh, I can rely on hunger and fullness cues. Um for some people. And as I say that, I'm like, oh, there may be some people who kind of do a mixture of all of these all at the same time. And that's fine too. These, it's not always going to be linear, but rewiring is acknowledging that I have a foundation of wires in my brain that lead to these thoughts that I want to change. And you can change them. You totally can. Something that for many of us has helped us is we have intentionally changed what we see. And that would be seeing in the media. It would be keeping our eyes open when we're out and about and noticing body diversity. And it also can be changing what you see in an algorithm in social media. It is intentionally seeking voices that are different than what you were trained to believe as, quote, good. And letting them help you to rewire your brain. I would also say, you know, a lot of these things that we can find uh, to help us rewire will come from free resources that are created by people who have lived experience. And so if you're financially able to join Patreons or uh, be able to financially support these uh, folks who are making all this content, then I think that is um, ideal. And if you're not, you know, supporting in any way you can, because these resources are so helpful in the rewiring process. And although I'm not on Instagram or Facebook anymore, if that's a surprise to you and you were like, oh, I was following you on Instagram, I'm following you. Yeah, go look for my page. You won't find it anymore. I got hacked. But I am over on TikTok and my handle is foodvoicerd on TikTok. I'm also on LinkedIn, if you're over there, same handle. Um, Never gonna be able to recover those accounts on Instagram and Facebook. So I've already cried all the tears. I'm going to cry about that. And so I'm just enjoying my happy dog videos on TikTok. But anyway, (laughs) 
the thing that uh, I noticed about algorithms, um, and again, I'm getting to know TikToks much more now, but on Instagram, I remember being able to even filter what I wanted to see and what I didn't want to see when it came to to ads. And with TikTok, you know, seeking out certain videos and certain content creators that you can learn from that are different from you. And it seems like such a like simple elementary kind of task. But what I know to be true is this actually works to rewire a brain. There's a difference that your brain will go from judgment of bodies to over um, just a few months time being able to say, wow, that's beautiful. And your past self may have not have thought of that. So if you haven't done this in a while, listener, go back into your social media or any of the media sources that you um, consume. And this could be magazines, this could be TV shows, just seek out different folks, different bodies, and let your brain get rewired. <laughs> so I want to move on to the third key recommendation that I have for you, Letter Writer. And the the third one is to seek out folks who are talking about aging in a different way. You mentioned you were 65 and I'm so proud of you for doing this work. You're doing very hard work and it's such good work. It is such good work to do. All of us can do this. I don't care how old you are you know, doing this work is something that can be really important for you. And again, it's not just you, we're all connected. So it's helpful to your community, to people close to you and people who are, you know, a couple degrees separated from you. It's going to help everyone to do this work. So someone that I've known for a long time that recently started to add to this conversation is Deb Benfield. I'm going to put, um, a link to her website in the show notes. She's over on TikTok. So that's how I'm following along with her. And um, Deb is someone that now has groups that she does many times throughout the year. She does group coaching all about age and it's called aging with vitality and body liberation. She is someone who is an elder mentor of mine. She was a recent podcast guest in 2022 and talking about how frustrating it's been for her who, and she's a similar age, um, as you letter writer, um, how frustrating it's been for her to seek body liberation along with aging and finding that everything was skinny and white and all about staying very skinny and not including diversity, not including so much that we have talked about in body liberation, aging just hasn't been a part of it. So um, I encourage you to check something out like that. Deb may be a first spot for you. And um, I know you mentioned in your letter that you are living with PCOS. Deb is someone who's done some similar training as me in PCOS. So I would highly recommend her for that. So that's number three. So the next one I think is really, really important. And it's something that I used to talk to individual clients when I was working one-on-one with folks, when I would talk to them about body image. And again, I have found that this kind of rewiring place as it comes to body image, it is usually not the first thing. So when I was mentioning earlier, the six keys to food peace, the reason why 
rewire was further down on the list. Again, it's like not a hundred percent linear, but there was just this kind of trend that I often saw and layering that would happen with rewiring. Rewiring was usually something that happened later on in the process, especially rewiring and body image. There's something about the food piece, and I mean food piece as in P-I-E, not E-A-C, but there's something about the food piece of all of this where we have to attend to our relationship with food because we eat every day, many times throughout the day. Uh, I've read that we've make that we make over 200 food decisions every single day. So we have to attend to rewiring our relationship with food much quicker and much sooner, even if it does take years and years, but we do that typically before body image for many people. And like you, letter writer, you listener may find that like this body image kind of connection is just this blaring kind of anomaly compared to now how you're relating to food. And what I have come to appreciate, especially those of us who've lived along diet culture for decades or have been trying to recover for decades and making steps forward, but still acknowledging 50 years of being just totally consumed by diet culture. Well, there may be some acknowledgement that that first thought, that first judgment that we get about bodies, even if we do all the things, may always be a judgment because it's just a lifetime of just body shame and body judgment. And I remember listening to a therapist talk about this before. Like there are some thoughts that we have that they just become so ingrained with our brain and become so tightly wound together that we may not be able to in our lifetime to rewire them. And while we're trying to do that, we can do something. And this is what I encourage for you, letter writer, and anyone who's relating to this letter is to acknowledge that first thought and keep track of them write down those first thoughts. And letter writer, you already have by writing this letter. You've already acknowledged that, hey, I have these thoughts about people that are super judgy and I don't like them. I want to change them. Well, every time you have those thoughts, I encourage you to keep a running tally of them. Uh, you know, Write down every single message that you can connect with that you're having. And when you're in a place where you have some quiet time or just some bandwidth, I encourage you to go through all of those and decide in your mind and your, and like in how you now want to believe about bodies, how you would rewire that, how you would reword it. So if there's a judgment about a body, like, um, only thin bodies, I'm going to make up a judgment. Um, only thin bodies are disciplined. Instead, you may want to rewire it to, let's see, how would I want to rewire that one? I, I picked a, a tough one. Let's see, because we, we cannot know a person's traits by looking at them. That may not fit for you. And that may even be clunky for me, but 
you know, let yourself kind of think about this for a little bit. How would you rewrite any of these kind of statements that may come up for you? That's what I would encourage you to be to name as your second thought. Your first thought is what you learned and that you may not be able to erase, but you can decide what your second thought is and you can act on your second thought. Again, a, a therapist described this process for me and I am so forever grateful because there may be a long time coming before we change our first thought. So we can choose our second one and let's not be ashamed of our first, first thought. We're acknowledging it, we're owning it. And this is what we're choosing to do instead. So it kind of goes back to the shame that I talked about in the very beginning. If we hear our first thought and just stay stuck in that shame, it's not helping you. It's not helping our community. So what's your second thought? And let's go with that. All right. I have one more, and this is a brief one. It was a book I read and I just looked it up on Amazon first. Before I told you about it, I want to make sure it wasn't one of those books on Amazon that because it's been around for a while and now it's like $400. It's not, (laughs) but it is a book that was written back in 2008. And actually it was just a few weeks after my 14 year old daughter was born. (laughs) So, you know, it's been around, but this was a book that I read in preparation to present to the food and nutrition conference and expo with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. That's also called Fancy and the Biz. And it's basically a Super Bowl for dietitians. And I spoke about eating disorders in uh, midlife. And this book I found is called Lying in Wait, The Hidden Epidemic of Eating Disorders in Adult Women. This book has so much more than just information about eating disorders in adult women. Uh, Trisha Gura is the person who wrote the book and Dr. Gura weaves in um, it weaved in so much information on the cultural impact of the midlife experience and how that triggers new eating disorders. And what was really important when I was presenting on midlife eating disorders at this conference is I want I wanted people to appreciate that most people experiencing eating disorder in midlife did just didn't have it their whole life. This was a new thing. For most clinicians, they assume if someone's experiencing a midlife eating disorder, it's because they had one when they were a teenager and just never got help for it or it's relapsing. But the research actually shows that, nope, um, I think it was about 70% of people with eating disorders in midlife were experiencing an eating disorder for the very first time. And again, the cultural impact that provokes eating disorders in midlife is so wonderfully done in this book that I wanted to put it on the recommendation list. So I have a link to it in the show notes as well. And so for you, letter writer, if you're wanting more to just have concrete kind of discussions on your lived experience and some data to help fuel you to do all this rewire work, to continue to push you in the direction that you're wanting to go, to help you to live your life according to your values in body liberation for everyone. I highly recommend this book. All right. So I see that food is written back and letter writer, let us know how things are going. I appreciate you writing this letter so, so much.
Before we get to Foods Letter, I so appreciate you listening to this episode today and getting to the end. If you are wanting more ways to support the show, you know you can do this really easily by leaving us a rating or review and especially subscribing and even better sharing the episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, click the three little dots and there's a way for you to share this episode with a friend, a loved one, maybe a therapist or dietitian you're working with. Sharing the episode seems to really help more than anything as well as subscribing. So thank you in advance for all the support over the years and we really appreciate it. And remember, this episode was brought to you by PCOS Power, our group coaching program that helps people with PCOS to permanently change their relationship with PCOS. Don't forget the coupon just for podcast listeners. You get 20% off using the uh, coupon code podcast. Get to all the details at julieduffydillon.com slash power. Again, the coupon code is podcast for 20% off and you can get to all the details at julieduffydillon.com slash power. We're enrolling January 17th. So that is next week. So excited. So, so excited and hope to see you inside. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to Foods Letter. And since I need to sign off before we get to Foods Letter, I hope you have a wonderful week. And until next week, take care. Dear Judgy and Hating It, Thank you for writing, and we hope this letter isn't freaking you out. We have worked out so many of our tangles and misunderstandings because of all of your attention to body liberation and healing. We notice the shame you still carry for the struggle. Please know this isn't your individual burden. Consider acknowledging that your first judgment is not your own to live along your values. It was given to you without informed consent. How would you rewrite these thoughts? These are your rewritten thoughts, and you can choose to acknowledge the first thought, compassionately reject the shame that comes with them, and allow yourself to live life with your new chosen second thought. Doing this will feel clunky, yet it will prove to be a way to help you and the world around you. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed, and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. 
I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.